Welcome to Finding Revelation Daily, Podcast 7. Finding Revelation in Our Personal Lives is to discover or perceive a surprising inner previously unknown fact through divine or supernatural disclosure. It can be an event, dream, vision, or miracle made known in subtle or dramatic ways. In order to experience revelation, we must discern what is happening in our spirit through exchange and interaction with people nature, and the connection to our surroundings. Then translate this information into revelation through scriptural knowledge. The revelation will contain and reveal a divine truth that is communicated to us through the understanding of God's guidance and warnings. It may be something he reveals to us through an act of protection, enlightenment, or by revealing spiritual wisdom through a dream, vision, or miracle. My mission is to express to you the importance of being aware and receiving this divine assistance. We all must have an understanding and the knowledge of how God works in our daily lives, as revealed in Scripture. We can gain insight by telling each other our experiences. They become a powerful medium in which we can learn and grow. Understanding these messages can help strengthen our resolve when times are difficult. In this podcast, I would like to share with you more of my testimony that's related to health and well-being and keeping the faith. My husband, Jim, and I would quite often go up to our mountain house to work, clean, and paint to try to keep the property in good condition. One weekend, he started to feel his heart race and he had to sit down. Thinking his blood sugar might be a little low, he had a snack and ignored the symptoms. The next time his heart began to race was a couple of weeks later when we had gone out for dinner in town. Each time it happened, we had been in the mountains. He eventually made an appointment to see his primary care doctor, who concluded it was altitude sickness. We accepted the diagnosis until the day he had an episode while walking on the pier at sea level. So his doctor sent him in for heart tests, and everything came back clear. A short time later, while sitting at his desk at work, Jim received a phone call from an imaging company called Heart Savers, which happened to be right down the street from where I was working at the time. Jim called me at work and asked me to schedule an appointment for us both. But since our insurance is an HMO, we knew we would have to pay the huge expense of the imaging out of our pocket. On the day of our appointment, we met in the parking lot and then entered the lobby where we were given the paperwork we needed to complete. I had already had my thorough head-to-toe checkups and scans because of the breast cancer, so we decided just to have Jim check. We met with a gentleman who first explained the different scans and how much each would cost. After analyzing the best options, Jim proceeded with a full-body scan, excluding the brain. The scan results showed a calcification in the heart. We took the report back to his primary doctor, who then scheduled him for further testing. This time, he had an angiogram which revealed the veins to his heart were blocked. His father had died at 52 of a massive heart attack. Jim was now 63. Bypass surgery was scheduled for Valentine's Day. We drove to Los Angeles where the heart surgeries for Kaiser are performed. For convenience, we stayed in a motel room that night before the operation. 
Once Jim's pre-op work was complete, we met with the doctor who informed us that after Jim's surgery, he would have a lot of wires and tubes attached, and that he would not have any color to his skin, and that he could be on a ventilator for up to 48 hours depending on how strongly he was breathing. After the consultation, we drove to our friend's restaurant for an early Valentine's Day lunch dinner. While seated at the table, we exchanged our Valentine's Day cards and assured each other that everything was going to be okay. I tried to reassure Jim that I knew God was looking out for him because Jesus had told me, it is done. The waiter came to our table and refilled our water glasses. Then he pointed to Jim's chest and said, look, you have a perfect heart from where you spilled the water on your shirt. Jim looked down at his shirt. There, right in the middle of his chest, was a saturated water spot that had been designed into a perfect heart. See, this is God telling us that everything is going to be okay, I said. We felt calm through to the next morning as Jim went into surgery. As I waited, however, I felt the calm feeling starting to leave. Later that afternoon, the surgeon came out to the waiting room to inform me, my stepdad, and my mom that he had performed a quadruple bypass. He had found that two of Jim's veins were 70% blocked and one was 90% blocked. He said the last vein was so calcified it could not be saved. That was the calcification that had been on the Heart Savers scan report. We were informed that we would be able to see Jim in the next hour or so. He advised us, however, that we would see a lot of wires and tubes and that he wouldn't have any color to his skin, and that he could be on a ventilator up to 48 hours, depending on how strongly he was breathing. He was reiterating what had already been explained to us during the pre-op meeting. When I was called to his bedside, my parents went into the room with me. I prepared myself for the worst. But when I walked into the room, Jim had a perfect skin tone and was sleeping peacefully, despite the fact that he lay in the hospital bed, hooked to all the wires and hoses. The cardiac care unit nurse reported he was doing well and that the staff would continue to monitor him. After my parents left, I sat with him for a while until the nurse asked me to wait in the waiting room. She explained to me that I would be able to come back in a few hours. I gave her my cell phone number and decided to go back to the motel to get a nap. Exhausted, I dozed off and was suddenly awakened at 3 a.m. I took a quick shower and gathered my things. By the time I parked the car, walked the city block, and made it to his hospital room, it was almost 4 a.m. Upon my arrival in his room, the nurse announced he had just gone back to sleep. He had been asking for me since 3 a.m. His ventilator was gone. When did you remove the ventilator, I asked. After only four hours. That's very rare. He's doing extremely well, the nurse said. Hearing my voice, Jim opened his eyes and said, Where's Mom and Pops? They went home, I told him. They were here to see you yesterday when you came out of surgery, but they send their love. A few days later, while he was racing around the corridor, asking the nurse to time his laps while telling everyone good morning, he walked past a woman in a hospital gown moving very slowly. She looked at him and asked, why are you here? He swung his IV pole around and said, God spoke and I listened. This experience taught us we have to trust in the guidance of the Holy Spirit 
When Jim was told there was nothing wrong with his heart, he received a telephone call from Heart Savers. He took this call as a sign. Our strength comes from our connection with the Holy Spirit. The Bible is God's voice that comes from His Spirit and into our hearts. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. I have continued to read and study my Bible, and I try to interpret my experiences as time progresses through Scripture. The disciples, for example, found it hard to recognize and understand Jesus' profound existence until after his resurrection. When Jesus returned, he had to explain the mysteries to them. Writing in my journal, then reading what I have written can be like putting a puzzle together. I put the pieces in place to try to see the bigger picture. I now understand why the disciples had to depend on their faith to be able to feel confident that there was a bigger plan in play. They just had to go with the flow until that bigger picture was revealed. They had to have found their situation quite unnerving, knowing they were jeopardizing their livelihoods as well as their lives. Until recently, I hadn't read or studied the Bible. It wasn't because I hadn't tried. In fact, I tried to read it for years, but I couldn't understand a thing I read, and I became frustrated. I prayed to God. Please let me understand what I read. I tried again. Nothing. After a while, I gave up trying to figure it out. Since I was very young, I prayed to be close to God and walk with Jesus. When I had a problem, I would pray and ask Jesus to guide me. My prayers to the Lord, asking for understanding of the Bible, have led me to another supernatural encounter. The Holy Spirit sends me specific scriptures to answer my heartfelt questions. When I bought a new phone and was able to download audiobooks, I decided to download the Bible. After trying to download it multiple times, I couldn't seem to find one that was compatible with my phone. The only thing I could download was the book of Acts. I would listen to it anytime I had an opportunity, whether I was waiting in line at the bank or driving my car. This was the only part of the Bible I had become familiar with. After much contemplation, I finally decided to attend a Bible study for the first Wednesday after Easter. I didn't want the study to influence the scriptural knowledge I had been receiving directly from the Lord, so I asked him what I should do. I suffered from migraines and had one the night before the first Bible study. I woke that morning with the migraine gone and decided that was my cue to go. The drive to the church is a short distance. I pulled into the parking lot in time to see the people leaving the church from the morning mass. I watched as I saw someone walking toward a couple of glass doors and carrying a Bible. I entered to find at least 20 people seated in a circle. A couple of minutes after I was seated, the study leader explained that this was the second Sunday of Easter and that we would be studying the book of Acts. This was my next breadcrumb. The message in the book of Acts is that we are to witness, build the church, have a relationship with the Holy Spirit pray, and contribute to the growth of the church. The Holy Spirit is referred to at least 55 times. There are approximately 70 occurrences of the word pneuma in Acts. 55 of those references are referring to the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts provides testimony to the Acts of the Apostles. It also provides us with the history related to the cities, dates, and people that were affected by the gospel. It also provides five separate and dramatic instances 
of its outpouring on believers. The information provided to us helps to explain what can occur when we are in union with the Holy Spirit. When we read and understand what others have experienced over time, especially in Scripture, it can help to guide us on our path toward a stronger relationship with God. The everyday occurrences that we experience are easier to recognize when we are in tune with the Holy Spirit. Finding revelation in our daily lives becomes a way of life. The supernatural world around us is exposed through the tearing of the veil that occurs when we accept what Jesus has done for us and start to practice our faith in a way that promotes the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. I look forward to connecting with you in my next podcast. Be well, be safe, and most of all, give all the honor and glory to God daily. You can visit my website at www.livinglifeonhigh.com or you can send me an email at livinglifeonhigh@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I look forward to connecting with you on my next podcast. Be well, be safe, and most of all, give all the honor and glory to God daily.